you know, a lot of those things you mentioned, the the trucking issues, the the labor issues, the supply chain, is that going to persist into 22? And, and kind of what's the early outlook for you as as you start to think about what this new year is going to look like? In my mind, I'm, I'm more curious about what's going to happen to demand next year than I am logistics. Because if demand stays the same, then the problems that we're facing will most likely persist into the third and fourth quarters of next year as well. It's a good thing, right? I mean, everybody wants demand. It's challenging to manage that for all the reasons we've talked about, but you know, it'll really depend on what, what demand does for next year. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. As we wind down on 2021 uh, here with the Independent Thinking Podcast, we wanted to check in with a category that uh, has always been near and dear to me, but uh, particularly during this time of year, during the final two months, and consumer electronics is uh, a hot category that's, uh, you know, around the holidays, a a very popular one, um, you know, as people shop for gifts for either themselves or, or their families and loved ones and uh, you know, we, we wanted to take the opportunity to check in with our VP of Consumer Electronics, Mr. Lee McDonald, and um, catch up on a lot. It's been a while. You know, we, we've had conversations around consumer tech and, you know, the custom integration space on this podcast, but uh, it's been a while since we checked in with Lee and, and, you know, had the opportunity to see where things are. And um, we did a lot of that. So we, we checked in to see, you know, get, get his feedback on what 21 was like and, um, you know, reflect on the things this industry has gone through and what his dealers in the CE space have uh, had to experience over the past 12 months. And, and then looking ahead too, um, you know, talk about 22 and, and where things stand and uh, what this industry can expect. And, you know, we've done some fun nuggets as well about uh, some recent news with Best Buy acquiring an outdoor furniture company and seeing what, you know, an independent CE dealer could learn from that. Uh, And then also, of course, you know, as we're sitting here in December uh, talking about consumer electronics, you can't help but think about uh, the impending return of CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And so we talk about that a a little bit as well. So um, a lot to dive into and always fun when, you know, Lee and I have the the chance to get behind some microphones and uh, spit on this consumer electronics industry. So let's do it. This is Lee McDonald, our VP of Consumer Electronics here at Nationwide Marketing Group on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and I'm going slow because I'm trying to remember the last time we had you on, Mr. Lee McDonald. It's been a bit. It's been a long time. I thought you forgot about me here. I, you know, well, I, I was so busy talking with Hank to cover the, the CE and CI side of things. I guess, you know, he took center stage away from you. Blame Hank. <laughs> hey, Hank's, Hank's been really busy this year. I, I have no problem with what we're doing with CDN and, and our partnership with Ozion. Uh, it's, uh, I understand. It's good. Yeah. I'm glad you're talking to him. Uh, it's, been, it's been a crazy year for him, for sure. But we're obviously happy to, to get uh, you back on here and, and talking about you know, some end of year stuff. Our, our VP of Consumer Electronics is chatting with us here today, and uh, we got a lot to, to dive into. Um, you know, it's an interesting time of year. This is always, I, I think, you know, in retail this time of year, the, you know, November, December are always great for, for retailers, but specifically this category gets a lot of coverage and, and press. I feel like maybe that's the bias of my background, but then I'm sure you feel the same way as well. <laughs> I love this time of year. I will, I'll tell you, it's always been it's always been my favorite. I think, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, Christmas is your favorite time of year anyways. And then getting into retail, 
especially consumer electronics retail, this is this is the big show. This is it. I mean, most retailers do consumer electronics re retailers do I think anywhere between fifty and sixty percent of their entire year between you know really call it the end of October and in Christmas. So this is this is it. Yeah, it's a fun time. And, um, you know, before we look ahead to 22, I, I want to get your quick reaction. Um, looking back, 21 was quite the year. If you had to sum it up in, in one word, what would you call, how would you describe 2021? Uh, I'm, so many words come to mind right now. I'm trying to, <laughs> to also re be responsible to our audience. I, I think just <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow would be my, my word. Well, what I—I uh, I mean, why is why is that the word that comes to mind when you think of what this year was? It just—it it never stops changing and never stops coming. You know, it—it it, every time you got over a, a hill or horizon, a precipice, a crevasse, you know, a new curveball that the industry threw at you, whether it was manufacturing or vendors, or product shortages, shortages or prices, or you know, all kinds of macroeconomics, um, trucking shortages. It just was one thing after the other. And so you just kind of sit back and you're like, wow, okay. It, not only was it challenging, but we all made it through it. Um, and Independence had a great year. All the data that we're seeing shows that our, our members, independent retailers specifically, um, took share from their national competitors, which is our goal. It's what we get up every morning to do. Um, our members, when you talk to them, the overwhelming majority are, are enjoying their most profitable, their best years. Um, but I would think a lot of them would say their hardest years. Um, they've probably worked more in the last year than they've worked in a long time. You know, it's good that they've heard they're having a financial payoff, but uh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Another word, um, you know, for anyone who, who reads industry uh, magazines and, and, you know, maybe dives into our own blog as well. Another word I know you used was humbling um, yeah. in, in a recent article. So uh, tell us a little bit about that as well. Why, why was that a word, another word that came to mind? Um. You know, I think about my early career, I had, I was very fortunate and I still am. I have a tremendous amount of really, really talented mentors in my life and give them all the credit for all my success. And one of them, I remember um, his name's Jim. His, I remember I got really cocky about four or five months into my first role as a merchant about a decade ago. And uh, he said, the time where you feel like you know enough or you've got it figured out is the time where you should be most scared <laughs> because that's when you should realize you know nothing. And this year has taught me that I know nothing. And it's been very humbling. Um, new challenges, things I wasn't prepared for, scenarios um, that I've never experienced before. And it's not because of, you know, I haven't tried. It's just because things are happening this year that have never happened in the industry before. So it's just, it's just humbling. Uh, and I think the part, you know, the article that you re referred to is it's easy to ask, you know, for us in, in our role as, you know, advisors and supporters of our members to ask our members to do things. But when you go to their stores and you see the day-to-day -day of what they are facing, sometimes it's just mayhem. You know, the phones are ringing off the hook. Members, you know, customers are waiting months for their product. They can't get an answer. Um, people don't come in, delivery drivers don't show up, stuff comes in damaged, their internet's down, their toilets don't work. I mean, there's a lot of things that our members are dealing with on a daily basis. And so when I say humble, I, I, for me, it's just a reflection about how I communicate to members, what I ask of them. And also, you know, it makes me really, really think about communication. Are we communicating effectively to them? Are we giving them the information they need when they need it, how they need it? So that's, that's why humbling was my, I think, my other word. 
Oh, yeah, fitting and um, makes sense for sure. So interesting to, to kind of hear that perspective on it. And, you know, I, as we, we start to look to 22, um, you know, a lot of those things you mentioned, the, the trucking issues, the, the labor issues, the supply chain, they're words we hear uh, constantly. I know even in our own um, confidence index that we do and in, in the open-ended responses, it's those same sentiments are shared by retailers. How, how's that look? I mean, how is that going to persist into 22 and, and kind of what's the early outlook for you as, as you start to think about what this new year is going to look like? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I do think it's going to persist into 2022, at least through the first half. Uh, we're so far behind in terms of catching up in logistics in the United States and globally. Uh, we're short truckers, we're short trucks, we're short containers, and we're short labor. And I think, you know, that's a major issue plaguing our industry right now. Labor has always been really difficult, finding installers, finding delivery drivers, finding good salespeople uh, that really want a career more than a job. That's always been a problem for independence, but it has just really, really, really been challenging over the last, uh, I would say, 16 to 24 months. That's going to continue into next year. Um, you know, it, I can talk about it as much as little as you want. It feels like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm an expert now and try to be humble, but feels like that's what I spent a lot of my time doing. You know, I'll give you one sound bite. I think everybody knows there's usually about 70 containers outside of the port of Los Angeles. Um, part of the challenge now is the demand is still high. So in my mind, I'm, I'm more curious about what's going to happen to demand next year than I am logistics. Because if demand stays the same, then the problems that we're facing will, probably, will, will most likely persist into the third and fourth quarters of next year as well. The majority of these large shipping companies um, will not have new ships online to take the extra capacity until 2023. There's very little new ships that are going to be launched in, in this coming year. So it'll be a year before we see relief. So if demand stays up, it's, it's a good thing, right? I mean, everybody wants demand. It's, it's challenging to manage that for all the reasons we've talked about, but you know, it'll really depend on what, what demand does for next year. Right. And it's kind of an interesting point because you may, I've, I was going to follow up by asking, you know, is there one thing that needs to happen for, you know, the industry to catch up? And, and I mean, if it's not demand going down, you mentioned the ships aren't going to be, you know, new ships not launched until next year. Is there one thing that can happen to, to fix this or is it really a lot of compounding things and it's just something we're going to have to deal with? No, it's, it's not one thing. I wish there was a silver bullet, but like so many things in retail, it's, you know, there's not one, not one great fix. It's a lot of things like just what we saw in COVID. It wasn't, it wasn't just one thing. It was a compounding of different issues, you know, macroeconomic factories in Asia going down, you know, glass foundries in, in, in Korea, not working all, all those things, you know, exacerbated the problem. Some of those have been fixed, some haven't, but there's not really one thing that's going to, that's going to fix it. A lack of demand would fix it, but I would never wish that upon our industry. I, I would rather figure out how to, to drive to, towards the robust demand that we're having uh, for, for consumers. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not one thing that's going to fix it, unfortunately. Given that we've kind of been in this situation for a while, is there anything that, you know, advice you'd share with a retailer of how to continue to, to succeed and win, you know, given these current standing uh, situation? Yeah, you know, I, I put that article together. I think it's going to come out in a few few weeks or month. But really, two things: if you're one, you've got to be a nationwide member. <laughs> Sorry, shameless plug. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Uh, you have to leverage. You have to leverage the group, and you have to leverage us for a few specific reasons. One, this is the most stressful time for any independent retailer in probably the last decade or a generation. You're being taxed 
specifically as it relates to labor and resources. You don't have the time to negotiate all the deals you've done in the past. You don't have the time to focus on, on data and web and, and platform. That's really what we're here to help you. We, we help you solve a human scale problem. So, you know, in that article, I talk about a few different things. One of them is, you know, using data, not emotions to make decisions. Um, we're very lucky that a large contingency of our members chooses to anonymously share data with us that we then in turn give back to them to help inform better decisions. So they're not buying the wrong products. They're not buying, you know, uh, you know, an almond or a bisque side by side in a market that doesn't sell almond or bisque or gas in a market that doesn't sell it. And you'd be surprised. We have some, some very sophisticated retailers who are very, very, very intelligent, who are using the data and making much better decisions. And even retailers that are two, $300 million are finding, you know, new insights that they, they didn't know by themselves. And so it, it really doesn't matter how big or small you are, you can leverage that data. So that's one. Uh, the other one too is just negotiate everything. Everything is negotiable, whether that's with your manufacturing partners, your vendor partners, you know, your local IT providers, um, anybody uh, that you do business with that has that you are writing checks to in your industry and your business. Negotiate with them. Everybody's negotiating. Everybody's feeling pain right now, um, and the dealers that I talk to that are negotiating more robustly in a, in a fair in a fair manner. I mean, obviously, don't be a pig, uh, but you know, negotiate. And if you do that, those dealers are, are making margin. I've talked to a few dealers, Black Friday specifically, their margins have never been better uh, in a year that has been, frankly, fairly challenging for margins, especially in the consumer electronics industry. For, for a large part of our brand builders and, and some of our large members to come back and tell me and report that their margins have never been better is, is an indication that they're, they're doing their negotiations. No, it's, it's interesting. And I, I think another thing that comes up too, um, availability, I think, from the consumer perspective is so important right now. And data obviously can, can work in your favor to ensuring that you stock you have, or you're, you're buying things that are available that you can get to your members. But uh, it, it also, you know, it presents an opportunity, maybe new verticals could be something. And I know we saw in the news recently, uh, if you look at Best Buy and kind of what they did, they acquired a, an out of all things, an outdoor furniture company um, in, in Yardbird. And, and I know, you know, yeah. I, I, Interesting to get kind of your reaction to that and, and what you think an independent dealer could learn from, you know, that move by Best Buy. Yeah, it's a great question. And I love the fact, you know, let's talk about what an independent can learn because it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant acquisition. Um, and if you watch the, the moves that Best Buy is doing and, and how they're diversifying, um, if any of our members are in the electronics industry, I highly encourage them to get in the habit of comp shopping, Best Buy, Costco, and others at least once a month, because you'll start to see over time these trends emerge. And what you've seen at Best Buy is for a long time, they departed from, call it experiential retailing, um, where they didn't have a lot of really cool product in the stores, they didn't have a lot of demos, and Uber and some of the other, and Corey Berry and some of their other new CEOs have really taken them back there. And if you walk in their store, it's really it's really apparent. They have new categories. They're into lifestyle, fitness. Um, they have a huge drone display. You know, they have a lot of categories that some members would may turn their nose up at because they're not great margin. But Best Buy knows what they're doing. They know that those customers are shopping for those products, and they've got two options. Those customers, they're going to lose them to Amazon, or they're going to capture them, albeit at a lower margin, in their ecosystem. What we know from data says that customers today 
you know, the Gen Z, the millennials, the people who are spending money, the overwhelming amount of money is spent by people who identify that they're saying anywhere between 60 and 70% of them are okay with shopping somewhere they've never shopped before. They're very fickle in other words. And so if you're not where the customer is, not only on price, not only on promotion, but on product, you are going to lose. And, and so Best Buy has recognized that. They've recognized that outdoor is a massively growing category. And they've done a great job in identifying that in appliances, they have a, a fairly robust and growing outdoor grill selection. They've done that in, in electronics. If you look at Klipsch and some of the other brands they've brought into Shoreham Outdoor and Sonos and Sonance and Magnolia, they have you know massive push for outdoor. Samsung has, has launched the category with Terrace, even though it's been around for 10 years, they've made it a legitimate category now. Yardbird was kind of the natural evolution for furniture. And so what you're seeing is Best Buy and other retailers continue to evolve into other verticals because they want to capture more of the market share for their consumers to compete with e-commerce. And our members have to take notice of that. And I want specifically our members to understand Best Buy is not doing it at the times when it's easy. They're doing it at times of greatest opportunity. And now is the greatest opportunity. There's more demand. There's more people in the marketplace. There's more capital, capital available to go out and do that. They're not waiting for when business is slow or when it's easy. And again, I'm trying to walk a thin line between being humble and what I ask our members to do and whatnot. But I would ask them to look at what the experts in the area are doing. And I do feel that Best Buy, you know, they are very sophisticated and very intelligent about and how they make those decisions. It's, it's time. I would tell you if, if you're a member in the CE category or in the furniture and bedding category or in the appliance category, it is time to start looking beyond your traditional core categories, even if it means to take a product or a category that the margin isn't what you're used to. Yeah, you mentioned that, that line of humility or humbleness. I'm going to jump over it and say that, I mean, it's got to be kind of satisfying um, from our perspective to see them make, see them being Best Buy make a move like that because I feel like if you go to primetime, that's kind of the the prop value that's presented is we've got all of these categories and we know that, yes, there are CE specific and furniture and appliance specific, but the, the categories are so parallel in providing that overall in-home experience or, you know, right outside of your home experience. And, you know, it, it just, it, it has made sense to us. And it's almost like a validation of that fact to see a, a big box retailer like Best Buy move into a, a category that they've otherwise never really been, you know, recognized with. It, it makes me feel good, maybe for a different reason. It makes me feel good because I know that if Best Buy can do it, our members can crush it. I mean, Best Buy is yeah. so slow to move and it's, they're smart, but they're uninspired. And when you see their displays, they're good, but they're not great. Our members are great. They're fantastic. Independent is where, the product is launched. OLED doesn't launch at Best Buy. QLED doesn't launch at Best Buy. You know, these brand new cutting edge technologies, you don't find Thermador in every Best Buy. Why? Because they can't sell that product. Independent retailers have and will always be the place that you find that product. So what excites me is that if they can do it, we can do it much, much better. And it is great. And that's our job, right? I mean, that's why we get up every morning is because we want to help retailers see that it's not impossible. It's difficult, but we're here to help. And that, and you're right, that's what primetime is great for, to bring people together, to show them these products, to demonstrate it. And, you know, also to put them with their peers and see, you know, there are successful people inside the group that are 
furniture dealers that are adding consumer electronics. There are successful appliance dealers in the group that have added bedding. And there's, there's, so there's successful crossover all over. And the membership can learn from each other. It's probably the most powerful thing in the group. Um, so that, that's what excites me about it. Yeah. And you, you talk about that crossover and where you can see it. Another place, you know, primetime is one example. Another that I know, you know, you'll be able to get back to here pretty soon is CES. Uh, you think about, I just think about the sands and all the mattresses and sleep technology I see there and smart appliances in, in the central hall. And uh, I, back in person, you know, what, what um, I, I, I dare to ask, what excites you about going back to Las Vegas for the first time in two years? Uh, so I've been in Vegas a lot this, this year, <laughs> not the first time, um, but CES does excite me. Um, it's just, it's a different atmosphere. It's for people, you know, CES is just a bunch of your, your best friends. The industry is very, very small. Uh, the faces stay the same, titles change, jobs change. Um, but there's just this passion around consumer electronics. It, it's, it's unique. Um, and I would imagine KBiz, and I've been to KBiz a few times in the furniture market. It's there, um, but that's CE is my kind of DNA. So it's really exciting. So I'm really excited to go back and see that passion around technology and cutting edge stuff. There's a lot of vendors that are coming to this CES that haven't been before. Uh, so I think we're going to see new technology. Uh, there was, and to your point, there was no CES. for. It's been a while since we've gotten the band back together, so to speak. And I think manufacturers are realizing that too. And so in talking to some of our partners, there's a lot of new product that's actually going to be shown at CES for the first time. One of my criticisms at CES for the last, I don't know, five or six years is rarely do they announce new product at the show. It's, you know, they have, everybody has their own, you know, Apple has their own event. Microsoft has their own event. Everybody has their own event because they're, they're so special and popular. Um, I don't know that the winds are changing necessarily, but I do know that there's going to be a lot of really cool technology specifically as it relates you know to independent retailers because again that technology is not going to be sold on amazon or ecom it's going to be sold through independent retailers because it has to be demonstrable um, so i'm excited to see that and i think the members should be excited to see that too because um one of the great things about covid uh because there's great things let's be let's be honest there's been some great things that happened in the industry is you know the average selling price has increased for the first time in i think i don't know 10 years in consumer electronics uh, and that's great for our members, you know, higher prices mean that uh, more premium product is being sold. And that premium product is what our members are great at. And it's their, our value, their value, our members value to the vendors. And I think that CES is going to be chock full of premium products for our members to offer in 2022. Now, knowing that you haven't been able to be there in person last year, obviously the virtual the show and that was what it was um you know not just for ces but all, but all industry shows and um so knowing that you know it's been a while since you've been there do you approach it differently this time around you know coming back to to vegas for ces yeah we're um you know for our our team we do take a a, a small group of folks there we're going to keep it really light on meetings um typically ces can be a little bit like speed dating where you just, you know, one 30 minute meeting and you sprint to the next one and you have a 30 minute meeting and you sprint to the next one. And it's just, um, it becomes almost, it just, it's a waste really. It can be a waste if you're not, if you're not really careful. And this year, we're not going to do that. We're going to take a few meetings with some really key partners. Um, and then we're going to spend a lot of time just walking the floor and seeing what's new. Uh, and then also not, not only new, but is could be interesting for the members. So we're going to try to take a film crew with us. We'll take Prime Media. We'll have them do some shoots of new product that's interesting that the members could offer. And then we're also going to really work with our distribution partners to make sure that when we identify those things, that the seven or you know probably pre 
increase in eight or nine distribution partners that we have that are part of our ecosystem that our members can access product for, um, we'll be there to carry that product and bring it to market for our membership. That's awesome. I, I know we've talked about a lot, um, you know, in this time, is there, you know, one thing about 22 that excites you most or, or an opportunity um, that you think, you know, is, is you're going to really key on in on for members as this new year approaches? There, there's just, there's too many to catch other than, you know, just to identify one. I would tell you philosophically, I feel really good about 2022 because if we can weather the storms of 2021, <laughs> I knock on wood, I just don't see what other challenges that we could face in 2022 that are going to be any worse or catastrophic than 2021. And if anything has shown um, me hope this year, it's just the spirit of the independent retailer. They took, they've weathered a lot of punches. Um, and it's been, a, it's been an honor to work for them and to work for the group and serve our memberships. So there's a lot of things to be really excited for, right? I mean, there's new product introductions, you know, the new product coming out of Samsung, LG, Sony, Hisense, all of our, our manufacturers looks amazing as it always does. Um, there's some new product from some of those folks that I think is uh, incredibly exciting. And when the members see it, I think they'll, they're going to, ooh, and ah, I, I went to a few product demonstrations and I haven't audibly gasped at a uh, new product for a while. So there was, I'm excited for the members to see some of that. Um, when it comes to technology, I think there's a, a, it's kind of a convergence happening on smart home where I think some of the use cases are catching up with um, the industry because you know, I don't know what the use case on a smart dishwasher is, but um, I think we're getting closer, uh, especially in bedding, like you mentioned. I mean, Tepper Sealy and some of our other partners, uh, Serta Simmons and, and some others have very, very large presences on the CES show floor. And I think if I was a bedding member and I was you know, Mike Darrow or Jeff Rose, Maybe uh, I'm gonna have to start taking them to CES too. That's that's a category that's gonna start exploding, um, and I think that that may be the next category you start seeing. You know, maybe Best Buy buys you know a betting company. I don't know. You know, the funny thing is, I think about one of uh, the first times I met Jeff Rose at a prime time prior to you know being part of Nationwide, and I asked him about floating beds and and sleep technology, and he laughed at me. And now you know maybe not floating, but uh, the smart technology is certainly making its way into those mattresses and in more ways than one. <laughs> Yeah, I, my uh, my wife was watching a, a a commercial for one that auto senses if you snore, and if you snore, it just kind of tilts the bed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Need to get one of those. <laughs> Put me in line. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. Right. Something like a taco at one point. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, uh, Mr. McDonald, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll certainly. Not wait. I, I feel like it had to have been around the last CES, probably the the last time uh, we had you on. But we're not going to wait that long to to do it again. So this was awesome, and uh, you know, but happy holidays, and and you know, enjoy the time, and we'll see you in the new year. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. All right, and thank you again, of course, to Lee for taking the time. Uh, and checking in with us and, you know, sharing his insights on the space. It's always good to, I think, pick his brain and um, you know, get a couple of guys that are excited about consumer tech to, to sit down on a podcast. You, you, get, you have some fun. So that's what we did. And, um, you know, look forward to seeing, you know, like he said, the return of CES and what comes out of the show, how different it is, you know, on the other side of, uh, you know, a virtual show last year, an all virtual show last year and kind of where it goes. And, um, of course, checking into a, a, down the road here, not too far from primetime. So 
a lot of lot of fun chatting with him and of course look forward to doing so again in the near future but as always appreciate you listening to the independent thinking podcast and we will catch you next time Thank you.